the unofficial FIA podcast. Hello, my name is Derek Matson, and welcome to the fourth episode of the unofficial FIA podcast, the place to get to know the people, events, and inner workings of the Florida Interactive Entertainment Academy's graduate program at the University of Central Florida. Joining us for our first ever Cohort 11 episode are uh, Michael Carlock from the production track. Hello. Roy Matos from the art track. Hi. <laughs> and uh, Eric Blossy from the programming track. Hello. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. 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 Uh, so thanks for coming on the show. Uh, I'm excited to hear a little bit. We got a ton of questions for you uh, at the end of the episode. So thank you to everyone who submitted. Uh, and yeah. Let's get this show on the road. So uh, I like to start every episode out with the game of the week segment or game of the last time you had a chance to play a game segment, which is more so uh, been the case for us. I don't know about you guys. Uh, you want to start us off, Michael? Destiny. Destiny, okay. That's pretty much Taking it right King. now. Taking King. Yeah, I played like maybe an hour. Light level 300, doing pretty good. Oh. Yeah, the, uh, the raid's still a pain though. You're making me so jealous right now. Sorry, man. <laughs> No, when Destiny came out last year, yeah. I was at FIA. Oh, it was fun, but unfortunately, it, uh, there wasn't enough time. Yeah, it, it came, so it came out when you were um, in the heart of RPP and everything. Right, yeah. Wow. yeah actually, for one of our uh, game tests, we actually brought in Destiny, and uh, I got to play it. Oh, nice. It was pretty good. We, oh, yeah, that did happen. Yeah, yeah it did yeah. happen. Yeah. <laughs> that was a very productive class. <laughs> Never mind, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Roy? Uh, I've been playing Evolve. Okay. Uh, oh. I applied to uh, Turtle Rock, and I was like, I haven't played your game. I played like Left 4 Dead and all that, which is where they came from. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was like, oh, you know, I should familiarize myself. So I'm playing yeah. that, and it's fun. I've been wanting to play that, but I just I think I did the beta, and I was like, I uh, I don't know. It hit like super clearance. Yeah. Like, a few weeks ago, and I was oh. like, twenty bucks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds like a good time. <laughs> what about you? Uh, so actually last night I uh, was playing Final Fantasy IX co-op with uh, William Teagle from Cohort 10. Okay. Um, so the kind of what prompted that was um, Overclock Remix um, just released their Final Fantasy IX Remix album Okay. Um, called Worlds Apart. And so that kind of got us thinking, well, he, uh, William actually, uh, he, he didn't get to finish the game so okay. he he played through most of it and then stopped and i guess lost his save file or whatever so um and, and one of the cool features of nine is you can actually like assign different characters to different controllers so oh wow so we're actually kind of co-op doing a co-op run of that Mine so. only as vv right <laughs> he he got vv yeah. so i i was we we had a we actually had a draft of <laughs> characters, so we we went through. He got the first pick, so he took VV. So I was like, "Shucks!" But I met uh, I met him when Justin was in town. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a nice guy. I like I like Will. Uh, moving on, let's kind of get get to know you guys a little further. Um, tell us a little bit about how you got to Faya. And, uh, you know, what, I mean, just kind of the events that led you up to, uh, to applying and, and then, I, of course, getting in. So before FIA, I was actually a teacher. Uh, I was teaching everything from civics to algebra to psychology. Uh, before that, in college, I had built a couple of prototypes in GML and Game Maker and mm -hmm. Game Salad. Uh, and just working with a friend of mine. I was actually in your cohort now, actually. Uh, but anyways, I was teaching one time this particular lesson, and I was teaching uh, XY coordinates. And uh, anyways, one of my students asked, I was because I was using a game language uh, called uh, Scratch, and one of my students asked, Mr. Carlock, why aren't you making games? And it seems like a simple basic question, but yeah. I hadn't really thought of it as a viable career up to that point. And then from there, started looking things up. Turns out there's a program literally, you know, 20 minutes away from my house. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah, let me look into it. And then I just did everything I could up to that point to go from zero to 60 and got, got my accepted slider and here I am now. That's awesome. Big pivot. <laughs> we have another teacher in our class as well. Oh, nice. Um, one of the artists was a teacher, I think in Tampa or St. Petersburg. And yourself, Roy? Oh, um, I, uh, in undergrad, I, I went to, I went for film. And so I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I kind of want to continue, continue on film. But uh, if I came my freshman year and I was like, oh, you know, it's interesting. It's, 
I was up in Jacksonville there in Orlando, so I was like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll check them out. Um, and I eventually graduated, uh, couldn't, couldn't get anything in my field uh, in Jacksonville, so I was like, I remember this school. So mm-hmm. I, I applied, got in, and it's nothing like film. It's better. It's, it's more fun. There's, there's a lot more to do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cool to see like the collaborative art environments kind of like like people come from a, one collaborative art environment mm-hmm. to another collaborative art environment and how they all kind of mesh but also are so different at the same time. Yeah. And how about how about you, Eric? Um, I was actually working um, in simulation as a software engineer um, for a few years. Um, it was the first job I got out of undergrad. Um, and what was your undergrad in? Uh, in computer science. Okay. So. Um, <clears throat> Uh, I did not really know about the existence of FIA until um, my best friend, um, a friend I've had since high school, Jared Pope, um, is an artist in cohort 10, uh, went into the program. And then I kind of let him kind of test the waters out <laughs> first, I yeah. guess. Um, and uh, when when he kind of described the experience as like yeah that's that's actually something that'd be really good for me because um i'd kind of reached a point with my job where i had learned pretty much as much as i was going to learn there and so i kind of felt like okay it's it's probably time to to challenge myself and and do something else and i've always wanted to make video games so this was this was just a perfect perfect uh opportunity for me to get in here and and Go on the programming track. Yeah. Really, you know, test the waters. Yeah. <laughs> well, make your friend test the waters, then test yeah. the waters. <laughs> um, well, normally I'd actually take a break here, but uh, since we have kind of two sections of questions yeah. <laughs> that we're going to do, uh, I think we'll do the uh, track-specific ones first, and then we'll take our break, and then we'll come around and ask the general questions that uh, everybody can kind of contribute to. And if you guys can contribute to a track-specific question uh, as well, um, just from an outsider's experience even, you can feel free to jump in at any time. Uh, so starting off, we got the art track. Uh, <laughs> so Roy, Roy's in the spotlight. Um, uh, the question for you is, I, uh, I guess, well, well, we have, uh, it's just one question. There's just an example. Um, how do you communicate to producers if their art requests go far beyond the scope of RPP schedules. Uh, again, if you you aren't a regular listener and you're not familiar with Fire, uh, RPP is our rapid prototyping process where you make a game in two weeks or less. Uh, for example, when on an RPP project and they ask for multiple unique rigged and animated characters in a span of two weeks, uh, how, how do you handle that? Um, so the, the first really good skill is to tell them no. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> and once they like give you that look and they're like well we want it anyway then then you say no again and and it, it's a it, you find a balance like you you have what you have to do they have what they have to do mm-hmm. um and it's no matter everything in fire is a really big give and take um for uh, for multiple unique rigged animated characters uh i'd say make one rig and then have everything work off of that that's very specific. So yeah, that, that's 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 what I got. Yeah, well, no, it certainly helps. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I tell tell your producers no. That's yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I was gonna say um, when you first start in Fi and RPP, there's there's always a, a kind of a pressure that you put on yourself to you want to make a, a good impression. Mm-hmm. So you oftentimes I think people end up taking on a lot, a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they're afraid to, to, you know, just say, Hey, that's, that's not possible because, you know, people might get the impression that you, you, not that you can't do it. It's like you don't want to do it. Yeah. And, uh, so you, it's really, you know, learning how to communicate and, and set your boundaries, I guess I would say, is as far as what's reasonable, that's one of the skills that you're going to have to learn yeah. while you're here at FIA. And Balance. Like a, a huge thing is, like, there are RPPs, and, like, they can look good, and you can get, like, some some pieces that you may go back and polish, but, like, the, the biggest purpose is to get your feet wet in all these different programs while you can, you know, do it as quickly as possible, because once Capstone comes around, that's going to just eat up your time, and you're, that's going to be where you really want to put your best foot forward, so... 
you know, yeah. definitely taking the time in these RPPs to learn these different skills, you know, to figure out how you would approach a problem like, I've got 15 characters and how am I going to do it? You know, y you figure out how to modular, uh, modularize? Modulate? Sure. sure. That's fine. I don't know. Why Something not? like that. It's a word now. <laughs> um, but, you know, you, you figure these skills out. So when you go into other RPPs and especially when you get the capstone, you just have all these skills you've built up that make you that much more, you know, marketable as an artist. Yeah. Oh, well, and even uh, I think the, the nice part that I'm imagining is that you start capstone and then you're in one engine and you're working in that engine for a little i mean i imagine the entirety of the project well you, you shouldn't you be hope switching engines you shouldn't yeah but um <laughs> but but it's nice with rpps to actually kind of get a chance to touch a few different things mm -hmm. and and test them all out yeah i would also add as as a producer it's your job to observe as much as you can and figure out like what is a reasonable amount to ask because mm -hmm. you shouldn't be asking for you know 100 rigs in a week you shouldn't yeah. be asking for 20 you should be thinking much smaller and figuring out every way that you can to use the resources available to you and your team and to maximize those in a short amount of time as possible yeah i yeah. think uh, i was going to say it's also important for people to remember that folks are are learning stuff here mm -hmm. and so Indeed. They're not the especially these first couple RPPs. It's going to take people a lot longer. You know, when when they get out of the first semester, they'll probably be able to do some of the stuff in you know maybe a couple of days. But learning how to do it takes time, yeah. and you need to give them that time in order to do that. Yeah, I think like the biggest thing I hear from from artists is, uh, "Oh, I've never rigged before." Like that's pretty consistent. Um, um, or I've never animated in three D before. You know, whatever. There's one thing or another. So. Um, yeah, everyone's learning. <laughs> some people know how to do it and some people don't. And I think uh, just keeping it individual, individually based. We'll skip to the uh, the next little category here with our programming track. So, Eric, uh, I got uh, <laughs> the, the brave programmers. I, I will say the brave programmers are the only people who were willing to have their name mentioned, so I'm going to call you guys out. <laughs> uh, Alex uh, Stopar. Uh, asked, uh, what are some ways you've learned to improve your coding standards since you started at FIA, and has it helped your productivity? Um, Take a step. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for this, um, I actually think Tom does a, a very good job in his class of um, specifically with when he gets a student and has them show their code up on screen in front of the whole class, which is really intimidating. Um, but what's good about it is, is that he uses that time to comment on, okay, um, your, your functions are too big. Your, your names are, you know, you don't have enough comments. You have too many comments, um, things like that. So he does a really good job. He gives a lecture probably later on where he talks about just that kind of coding standard kind of stuff. Um, but as far as, like as a student, it's really just kind of something you have to kind of think about and you have to really just kind of look at your stuff and say, okay, like, like Tom kind of had a role about where it's like, um, if a function, if a method's like over 50 lines, you probably need to reduce it down. Um, so that's a big one. Mm -hmm. Um, it, definitely Tom, you know, is a good source of that when you, Get into Paul's class, he will. Yeah, he will completely tear you apart on on things. Um, the programmers, by the way, they just <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, the, um, semester two. Semester two is coming. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the 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 big one there. I think I think the faculty do a great job on on coding standards. Um, as far as just ways of now, as far as productivity, you know, it's probably easier to just kind of write out giant monolithic methods and not comment <laughs> a lot. And Easier and, for you. <laughs> but it gets, you know, it gets very tedious. Like, that's the thing. This is something that people need to understand is that it's faster now. There, there's an analogy, um, a pretty good analogy, where it's like folding your laundry, right? You can... Just shove all your clothes into random drawers and random places, and that's really fast. But when you need to wake up every morning and put, you know, clothes Specific on, clothes on, yeah, that takes you time. <laughs> so, you know, really, it, it's it's having the discipline yourself to 
put things in their proper place, organize things properly, you you will learn to appreciate that as you go through FIA. Um, but um, that's, yeah, again, that's just something just like take, take what Tom says to heart and um, go with that. Um, kind of, if I may, kind of riff off of this question here. Um, so one thing, like, I never got taught in, in undergrad were um, – design patterns or programming patterns um so what's actually this is a suggestion um there's a website it's gameprogrammingpatterns.com um it was written it's uh based off a book written by uh robert nystrom and it's a really good read um i recommend you know programmers go out there and 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 search on that because i a lot of these things really made my life easier once i i learned these things and it was like okay there's a there's a better way of doing this that you know i don't think it really gets taught in undergrad too much we talk about algorithms we don't really talk about design patterns Mm -hmm. so that give that a read that's i think going to be very helpful especially capstone (laughs) um because like yeah if you have like a million if statements you probably should do something different (laughs) probably should need to, to reorganize your code and use one of these patterns. And you know, that, that will, that will help your productivity a lot. That, um, there was a, we had kind of a, a phase on mall cop, um, our capstone game yeah. in cohort 11, where we took pretty much a week, week and a half to refactor our code. And I'm really glad we did that because by doing that, that might've kind of hurt our productivity that week that week but it came down the line adding new features became so much easier and that again it's it's all about making the investment mm-hmm. so and what was the website you suggested again uh game programming patterns.com okay. i believe cool. uh just our robert nystrom n-y-s-t-r-o-m perfect so <laughs> sounds like a, a worthwhile read yeah definitely uh, we got one more for, for programmers before we switch <laughs> from John Bell. Um, again, relating back to RPP, uh, which is, so it's along the same lines, I guess, uh, same as, as, as the, our art question, here, <laughs> as yeah. the art question more so, um, I guess how much time, but, um, uh, John Bell asks, uh, how much work do you feel should be expected of programmers at interim during RPP? It's hard to determine what a good state for your game is when you're only at the halfway point. Right. Um, I would say in general, this probably hasn't really applied in the first and now you guys are in, I think in the middle of this, yeah, the story round. We just finished interim Tuesday. Um, you're going to have probably going to have like huge, a huge technical problem that you're are, are, I would just say the main mechanic of your RPP. I think you really need to have that done by interim. Mm-hmm. because you really need to answer that question first. Um, and what's what's great about FIA now, and I think um, Ron and Paul have done a really good job of developing technical producers, mm-hmm. so people who can work an engine and do some, like, gameplay scripts and such. So really, like, I feel like the main, resp- as I said, the main responsibility of the programmers is really solving the really hard technical problem that your whatever your game is based yeah. around. Um, and you really need to do that early. You need to, I would say by interim, have that question answered. Mm-hmm. Um, to give an example. Um, <laughs> is it RPP two story around from when we had it? <laughs> we were, we were on a, uh, that, that what's, what was interesting about that was that there was no real like main mechanic of that game. There were a lot of little mechanics that we all had to kind of like, we had to have an inventory system. We had to go, you know, open doors and make like a vault and there's a, <laughs> a lot of just really little kind of problems in there. But, um, actually RPP three, um, we, my, my team at the time, and I was a major advocate of it, decided to go Unreal okay. at the time. And nobody had used Unreal 4 at this point. 
And my my rationale for it was that we needed to we needed to learn this before Capstone rolled around, which was turned out to be very ironic for me because I ended up on a Unity game. Um, <laughs> but what we did was we we started using Unreal, and we were like, "Wow, we we have no clue how to get this thing up and running here." Um, so. <laughs> What uh, my fellow programmer, uh, Leah, uh, and I pretty much told um, our, our, the rest of our team is like, we will have this, the main mechanic and, and this stuff working, like, we'll have to have make some significant progress by, like, I think it was that Friday. So I think you usually get RPP on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. We said, hey, if we don't, if we're still you know struggling on friday to get something up on screen we're just going to switch over to unity and i think that's a good example of you need to set like a deadline to say okay um i'm going to try to do this and i'm going to try to have something on screen for Mm -hmm. this and and set that that mark early and then if it really is something that's impossible to do or something to do in in by interim i think i think that that at that point you need to pivot you need to change what your rpp is about and what it what it's doing um many do (laughs) but yeah um but to go on that point um as a programmer um I ran into this problem a lot where when you're writing code for RPPs, it's really, it sounds bad to call it disposable code, but <laughs> in a way it's, it's a prototype. Yeah. It's so at times you really just need to do things quick and dirty and not really worry about the long-term consequences of, because it's, you know, in two weeks it's going to be over. Um, so I struggled with that early on because it's just like, I don't want to write, in my opinion, bad code, but really, you know, you have to think about what the point of RPP is. The point of RPP is to have kind of a proof of concept that this mechanic could be fun or, you know, or tell a good story or or tell a good story or whatever. So just, you know, Save your reservations about that. Make sure, you know, by all means, when you get to Capstone, start thinking about writing very good code because you're going to be working on that for eight months. RPP, though, get it up on screen. And, you know, there will be bugs, you know, at interim. Don't, uh, I would say, don't worry too much about that. Just don't call attention to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whoever's presenting really yeah. needs to. Whoever is presenting oh, needs man. to not announce bugs. Not announce bugs, and and, and more <clears throat> like you when you do your demo, you should try to guide it around the bugs. Yeah. Avoid. Yeah. There is a door over there. We're just gonna stay away from that right. door. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So, but again, it's not gonna be perfect. It's not gonna be pretty sometimes. Um, but get something up and running is what I would say. Yeah. Cool. Well, we got uh, one more question before we take a quick break, switching over to uh, Carlock on the production cohort 11 track. Uh, the question is from anonymous. Uh, what did you find to be the best practice when managing team meetings? I can answer this question very quickly with two, with two basic answers. The first one is set a, time box Uh, it's an idea actually from scrum but you put a timer on the meeting and that's actually a really important uh, thing to do because it forces you to have the end goal done by the time you hit the timer right and so going along with that is number two which is make sure that every single person in that room knows what the purpose of that meeting is because if they don't then you're not going one you're going to probably go past the time box And two, you're just not going to get anywhere. You're not going to make forward progress. And you're going to end up wasting a lot of people's time. And adding on to that as a producer, your job is to maximize everyone's time. And taking away five people in a meeting for an extra hour, that's five hours that you've just lost. You cannot get that back. 
and for a meeting that gets no that gets nothing, there's no value in that. So it's really important that you make all of your meetings very transparent. Make sure everyone knows what the purpose is, and again, time box. Put a timer on it uh, for any kind of daily scrums. The expectation is 15 minutes. You can usually get it done in 10. For any kind of actual meeting where you're trying to design, no more than an hour to an hour and a half. Um, one thing I would recommend this is actually a good idea for design meetings. Um, give people homework. Do st- have everyone do stuff at home, and then come and talk about it. I know it seems mm-hmm. this is for designers specifically. It's like coming from the teacher. <clears throat> All right, everybody. Give people homework. homework. What can I say? <laughs> but the idea Sounds is suspicious. <laughs> you go in if you if everyone goes comes in with an idea of what they actually want to talk about, rather than trying to design everything right there. Like mm-hmm. you're already saving thirty minutes. Like that's that's a lot of time, mm-hmm. and people don't like meetings. So yeah. Now, quick Fact. question, just based off of what you're saying. <clears throat> I mean, it sounds great for capstone, especially that last bit. Would you say it's the same stands for rapid prototyping? Absolutely. Yeah. Because I know there's that issue of like, we've, we've had it like, okay, well, do we want to have this meeting, (laughs) uh, have this meeting decide our design now? Like, so we can leave this note we're working on and go ahead and get started. Or do we wait a day and then settle, settle on it? It really depends, frankly, for for RPP as far as design, yeah. because you don't want to you don't want to just come up with a bad with a bad design and, mm-hmm. then, and then just leave. If you haven't, I mean, the, the idea is if everyone's already coming up with ideas beforehand, you're going to save some kind of time. Um, and honestly, that's just going to be a point where you're going to have to kind of take it like as it comes. Like if you if you find out an idea is awesome, you run with it. If if it's not, then unfortunately, you're going to have to spend a little more time to come up with something better. Yeah. So we'll chime in on that just a little bit, um, especially from the art side, kind of the. The plus side to having an idea in your first meeting means your artists can get to work immediately. Right. Mm-hmm. It's if you run into the situation, it's like, well, we're going to spend the next meeting deciding on, you know, well, the artists at that point have they've lost out on a day that they could be doing stuff, and then that inevitably turns into the okay, well, because we just now decided on this idea, right. now we need you to do the work you could have done, but we need it that much faster yeah. and things yeah. like that. Well, and that's where. Meetings, especially from a production standpoint, you need to be very careful as far as scoping any kind of RPP. Mm-hmm. Remember, it's a prototype. As Eric already mentioned, it's a proof of concept. You shouldn't be trying to make a full-fledged game. That's yeah. It's very easy to want to do that because you want to make an amazing product, especially when you first come into Fire. But the truth is, if you can get the thing on screen and it works, you, know, you can always add a little bit more value to make it look a little bit better. But the point is you're trying to prove that this game is worthwhile. And, yeah, show sure concept. Playing. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. And we are back. So welcome to the second half of the episode. We are going into the general questions. Um, So these are just kind of not track-specific questions, a little bit of everybody uh um and so feel free to jump in whenever you want and uh we can just start right at the top here from again the only other person who is willing to admit their name uh jared brown um if there was one thing you know now you wish you knew at the beginning of your experience at faya what would that be hmm Feel free to jump in whenever. <laughs> uh, as I as I mentioned before, the uh, knowing programming patterns, patterns I think would have helped a lot of. There were a lot of problems I had, in, like in first semester, where it was just like I was really fighting some things that I think if I had known those later, probably would have saved me a lot of hassle. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, programming patterns, guys, check out that website. <laughs> So I, I wish I knew how much sleep uh, I'd miss out on. Um, I, I would have managed my time much better. So if if you can do that now, kind of uh, if you can devote like a day to yourself, do it because mm-hmm. you're gonna lose it at one point, and it's. If, if you can set it up now, that's like, ah, oh, Saturdays, I just sit on my couch and put on Netflix, and I, you know, I do nothing. Then. It'll help just like your mental health significantly. Mm-hmm. That is definitely true. Yeah, Take yeah. A day. yeah. I uh, I had pretty much set aside Sundays, and I think that helps enormously. Now, of course, you get to points where you have you come in on you know that day off. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I noticed was that 
if I had been in the building for, I think at one time I was in for like 22 days in a row or something like that. Um, my constant, like my focus started to go, started to wane. Mm -hmm. Um, it just became a lot harder to do mm -hmm. work. Eventually you go to the light table in the artist area for sunlight because you, you come in <laughs> and it's dark and you leave and it's dark and you're like, ah, oh, where's the sun? And there's a little table and you just turn it on. And there you go, <laughs> sunlight. I like that trick. Yeah. Tricks the body. <laughs> uh, mine is actually more of a kind of a different different perspective. I wish I had spent more time getting to know other people and the other tracks because that's one thing that I think because uh, all, all, all of our producers, we were pretty tight-knit and pretty close. Uh, we spent a lot of time together. Um, while we spent a lot of time with you know certain artists and certain programmers, there were others that I felt that we didn't really necessarily connect with as well and could have brought them mm -hmm. more in on you know, being a part of FIA and, and not only that, but knowing what their strengths and weaknesses are uh, comes in handy for Capstone because then you already have expectations and you already have ideas of, you know, you could be missing out on a lot of talent and, and part of that's just because people aren't opening up and you're not going out of your way as a producer to help those people open up. So Yeah. I mean, we've we've already had someone tell us that, uh, yeah, you should already even start taking notes of, of you know, like, although it'll change a bit, but... Um, but people's like practices and how mm -hmm. they work and how long it takes them to work and what I'm hearing is that the producers are keeping notes on all the <laughs> <laughs> to use at a later date. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> and, but because we were instructed to. <laughs> oh, God. And, and I would I would say if you're focusing if you're a producer and you're focusing on the weaknesses, then you're doing it wrong. You should be yeah. focusing on leveraging what people are good at. <clears throat> Absolutely. Like Roy here is an amazing animator, so like if if you're thinking about like leveraging them during RPP, focus on something that actually uses animation. Hashtag life unfolds. <laughs> <laughs> that game uh, was amazing. Uh, we got another. So the rest the rest of these questions are all an anon anon. Um, if you could time travel, is there anything you would have done differently in your time uh, when you were in Faya? And uh, any regrets from your time here so far in regards to things you wish you had done? So, specifically, I can only travel back to the beginning of Faya. Yeah. Okay. Not beforehand. Not are, you, are you trying to undo Faya? Is that what you're trying no. to do? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. No. Uh, but yeah, some, something that maybe during, during your time here you wish you could adjust. Oh, no. Oh, no. No is no, the answer. Fun. It, was, it was a good time. <laughs> oh, oh, no, okay. I, um. I met the right people, and you know, if certain events didn't transpire, I wouldn't have ended up on like the capstone game that I ended up on. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I I think I really got the the best possible experience I could have gotten uh, from the program. Hmm. Awesome. Uh, I I feel the same way. Um, actually, if you asked this question back in January, my response might have been a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I had pitched a game, and, and Michael actually and, and Tyler Hancock did a fantastic job of pitching that game. Um, but the RPP um, for it, the RPP 5, like, it, so just to give you a, a little backstory, Valence was the game I pitched, and it just barely got, like, it was almost in. I talked to all the faculty who said it was, it was right on the edge. So, you know, right after that, it was, it was a lot of kind of questions for myself about could I have done more? Could I have done something differently? Uh, but honestly, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat as Roy here where it's like I wound up on a great team that made an awesome game. Mm -hmm. And um, it's – it's worked out really well for me. Um, I wound up on mall cop, um, and it was just a, a good time overall working on that game. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't really have any major regrets from my time here at fire. Well, last but not least. Um, so my response is similar to Eric's actually, cause working on valence, it was something that, that Tyler and I, especially like we were in love with that game. We were so excited about that game. And yeah, at some point I would have agreed with what Eric said, but then, then I got to Junkers and, you know, there are times in Junkers cause you're going to find out, um, when you're on these capstone games, things get hard and you're going to always like ask those questions like, what if, 
But the truth is, you're always going to ask those what-if questions no matter what you're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the truth is, Junkers turned out to be an amazing game. It's on the App Store. You know, it's it's a product that I, that we all have our names on, and it's it couldn't have been it couldn't have been a better game, honestly. Like with the obviously, if we had done the game all over again, we could have made it better. But with what we did, we did some we did something really special. So no, I don't really regret. Now, as far mm-hmm. as one thing I would have done as a producer, uh, personally, I just would have focused a little more time on design before I never got to do design again, basically. <laughs> and that's and that's not it's not like I didn't do design while on Junkers or in other things. It's just you have less time to practice those skills, and so you end up practicing at a lower level until you're slowly building things up. It's just mm-hmm. it's just uh, trying to broaden your skills as early as possible and as much as you can. Awesome. Moving on to the next question. Um, I think, I mean, I think it's a kind of a question that maybe people would assume one way or the other, but uh, may not always be true. Um, how many of you are actually planning on going into the video game industry, and uh, how many of you are considering jobs elsewhere? Yeah. Well, um, I came from simulation. Mm-hmm. I can certainly go back to simulation. Um, I don't really intend to. Um, yeah. I'm. I really want to make video games, and um, it, it's it's a very different simulation. It's it's funny. There's there's a lot of very there's a lot of overlap of skills with video games, um, but it's a it's a very different experience. You know, it's not really creative at all. You know, the government gives you requirements. Yeah, you don't really get a say in and how things work. You you do it to how how they specify it. Um, and it, 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 at least for me, there's a lot of, uh, it's a, a lot of older people working in simulation, um, where, you know, video games, I think most of us are really young. Mm. Um, so it, it's kind of when you, as a, as a kid coming out of, um, undergrad, um, it was a very different like the just culturally different for me like yeah. I, i'm with you know here i am i'm 22 at the time and most of the people there um married and had kids and had all you know just kind of very different you know lifestyle so it's like it's a cultural disconnect kind of yeah and, and you know it's there's nothing bad about that it's just that it's you know what i like about games is that I think a lot of us have, you know, we're kind of all coming from very similar places, I guess, you know, it's, we we're kind of at the same stage of life. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's much more of a, a closer, I guess, friendship that you have amongst, you know, fellow game devs. Yeah. So for sure. Uh, originally I went to school for, like I said before, animation and film. Um, just after being in the program, uh, I, I would honestly, I'd say I'm geared more for video games now. Um, it's it's just a much different, much more different experience. Like film is a very controlled experience. You know, the directors and you know the the artists behind it, you know, take time for these very handcrafted moments. But you know, in in video games, you got you know players that are just complete bad people. Yep, <laughs> there are some. I'm, they they yes. exist. They're, they they. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to find the most like cleanest way to say that. Yeah. Without making Derek have to use the bleep filter. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like you know, you can never plan for what people do, how people are going to react to a game, what they take away from it, and you know, just being a bigger part of that experience, uh, especially as an artist, you know, doing animation, you know, you never know what you know they they're going to want to do what in. You know, you, you plan for all these different experiences, and some people may never see any of them, yeah. you know? Life unfolds. Most people never bike, but it's friggin' awesome. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. So I should bike, is what you're saying? You should bike. You should always bike. <laughs> what you do is you talk to somebody, and you just keep asking them skills. Can I bike? And then you, so you're like, hey, teach me something. Hey, teach me something. And they'll just teach you everything, and it's fine. <laughs> you can learn anything. Life unfolded. Oh, mic dropped. <laughs> oh, I only have pencil. A pencil. <laughs> <laughs> so, for me personally, I'm going to get deep. Um, reason why. Um, so, most of us came here um, to make video games, and you know, to a lot of people, that's you know, that's all fun. But the truth is, some of us might take that a little more seriously, um, in the sense of 
I believe personally that games um, can have an amazing impact on people's lives. Um, I had one of my students uh, who didn't have a home to go to, and when I was this is when I was back teaching. Um, when they came into school, they still had a phone, and they would play this one game, and it was very simple. You just press the button over and over and over and over again, and it pops out a cow, which may not seem like a big deal, <laughs> and it's not you know some amazing design choice, but the point is games can they can be ways for us to escape yep. anything, uh, depression, hardship, pain. And frankly, I think games are, especially in like the media and like politically, they aren't treated the way that, like with the same level of appreciation that they should be. I think games are amazing. I think they have an incredible, or at least the capacity to have an yeah. incredible impact on people. And even games that you don't think would have an incredible impact on people, they still do. Even a game like, and I'm going to throw this out there, I'm not the, the biggest fan of the game personally, but Grand Theft Auto is it's a spectacular game in the sense that there's an entire world in it. And you can, you can obviously debate, you know, more ethical reasons, but, <laughs> but I can also say that I've seen that game save people, like from really dark places, because it was just something that they could stay in, and it was something to keep them, to keep them going. And I think it's very easy to, to go, oh man, we can just g- leave the video game industry and it's not a big deal, but I hope that, when people come to FIA, when people go through this program, I hope they at least have some idea of how they feel about games and what it means to them. Because if it means something as important as this, what I just said to you, then you don't want to go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And so for me personally, I don't want to go anywhere else. And even though I potentially could, uh, project management, you know, it goes anywhere. Um, it goes into a lot of different industries, but I still want to go into games for that re- that reason because it keeps me going, honestly. Yeah, oh, you just made me think of like, uh, I can't remember who said what, but it was something along the lines of, of like just having a, a duty to to make those kind of games for people, the, those those games that either make, make people think or, or escape or, or, you know, change their perspective. And right. there's kind of a, a duty to that that <clears throat> a lot of people don't think about when they first think of right. gaming. And, and, and don't necessarily think that a game that's just focused on fun can't be, like can't have an amazing impact mm-hmm. too, right? Like it doesn't have to be a game that's specifically designed to, to address people who are, you know, who are depressed. Like, yeah. you can, there are ways to address that in, in other ways with games that aren't necessarily intended for that, but they can have that purpose too. Yeah. Uh, so this is a funny one. Um, well, actually, I'll save that one for the end. Uh, but oh, prepared and everything. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, we'll save that for the end as a, as a fun outro. Um, but uh, skipping that one, uh, someone wanted to know what is going on with your ca- capstone projects. Um, does anyone like go back and invest some time into them, or uh, or is it just kind of done once you're done with it, or you know, what what are your guys' specific situations? So I think it depends on the team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, most of the most of the technical designers and programmers from our team, they're they all have internships and jobs elsewhere. Um, so it's kind of hard to to just like go back into it because we're we're just missing you know some of the talent that just made our game awesome yeah um and it's hard to and, and honestly it, it's also a weird thing right like we all worked on this project it's it was kind of our baby for a long time and it's it's weird trying to change that baby when those other people are, those other people aren't are mm-hmm. here to do so and it's like you're it's like you're missing something that was that was special right and so for us personally the game's done um we're not going to go back to it uh the only thing i can imagine is if for some reason I get contacted from the rest of our team if, if other people on our team decide, hey, let's let's take Junkers and let's take it further. Let's do Junkers 2, the Reckoning, whatever you want to yeah. call it, right? <laughs> Just the Junkening. The junkening. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, don't spoil the... All right, it's fine. <laughs> no, the point is, right, like, you never know. Like, the game could still come back in some other way. Mm-hmm. Your team could come back in some other way. It's very possible. You'd be amazed at what people will come back to. But the point is, right now, for us, Capstone's done. Yeah. Um, for, for Life Unfolds, you know, we're, 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 we're real happy, you know, where we ended, um, for the project we put out. Uh, I think there are still, there are still some, some bugs. Uh, I think we, we want to go back and clean, um, just so that, like, even though we didn't get, like, everything we wanted in, we Mm want to make sure what's out there is the cleanest, you know, product, you know, possible. Yeah. Because I know a lot of us, like, on... Like our, our websites and, you know, LinkedIn's and stuff, you know, we, we lead people back to uh, the Life Unfolds page because it's, it's available for download. Life Unfolds is available, for, available download. for download on lifeunfoldsgame.com. There you go. But um, Shameless plug. Always. Uh, but, but, you know, we want anyone, you know, to just be able to go and play it, but, you know, not be like, oh, they're going to do something. And it's like, oh, fatal crash. 
like Fatal get error. this now. Okay, I'm done. You know, we, we just want something that, you know, even though we may not go back to it, it can it'll live on in the, the confines of the internet, but we'll we'll at least be cleaner. Yeah. I totally get that. Yeah, it's it's very much the same for, for Mall Cop, uh, kind of with what, what Michael and, and Roy have said here. It's like for one thing, um, you know, half you know like a good a good chunk of our team got internships so going and proceeding to work on it would just feel really awkward um (laughs) and uh the other there now there was one possibility that mocop might have lived on in venture track which was very early on we applied to nintendo's developer program Mm -hmm. and mocop was really initially designed as a wii u game Definitely had the feel. Yeah, <laughs> and the Nintendo took forever to get back to us. In fact, it was like the last week of the project, I got a call from Nintendo saying I'd been approved <laughs> to get onto their website, their developer website. Not anything about getting a dev kit or anything oh, like man. that, but oh, wow. I applied back in, I think, in February or something like that. And then come August, I get a call from them. <laughs> So, and then uh, there's all sorts of rules about dev kits. And for one thing, they will not give it to a school. One of us would have had to buy the dev kit. Interesting. Is that just Nintendo or is that in general? I don't know. I think they're trying to iron out a deal with, um, I think Paul was talking about getting PlayStation 4 dev kits or Xbox One dev kits. I know we talked about Xbox One for sure. Yeah. We should Um, all definitely just be working on the OUYA. Yeah, that's a great platform. Yeah, yeah it's still um, around. But yeah, if if there was a chance for us to actually get the game released on Wii U, we might have we might have said let's stick around for Venture Track and finish this game and actually get it onto a console. Yeah, and who knows how long that port would have to, uh, would take. Um, I hear that developing for Wii U is actually really hard. So <laughs> I'm maybe a little bit relieved I didn't have to go through that kind yeah. of hurdle <laughs> would have been nice to know but do you yeah. hit, what is, what is it what language is it in do you know primarily um you well unity does support i, the, I saw the yeah, yeah unity um, export yeah it exports it i um i'm not entirely sure what all the technical details are yeah all i know is that um tom's talked about iron galaxy working with nintendo and um it it's the easiest thing it, well, so like you know, like Sony, Microsoft, they have offices here in the states. Mm-hmm. So getting technical help, you can get on the phone with somebody who speaks English. And <laughs> <laughs> isn't there a Nintendo of America also? They're mostly right in Washington. Yeah, they're mostly just a marketing branch oh, of the okay. company. They don't really do a lot of technical stuff. So yeah. if you have technical problems, you have to go talk to somebody over in Japan. Yeah. So. So yeah, hopefully that's, you have somebody who speaks Japanese. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's a it's a huge hurdle, but it's um, yeah. If if that had happened, I think we all would have been really excited to work on mm-hmm. on actually making an actual console game. Yeah. but it didn't happen. So, <laughs> yeah. well, uh, we got a few more in here. I'm gonna try to push us through them so we don't make the episode two hours long. <laughs> uh, That's how you know it's a cohort 11 experience. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so <laughs> um, the next question is uh, how would you describe being in Venture Track? Uh, give Roy okay, a second. Right? Okay, right? <laughs> no, I'm good now. Okay. Um, I think Venture Track is awesome in the sense that you can really decide what you want to study and work on. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get to pick your capstone team, really. I mean, you 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 do stack rank them, and you they the faculty do try to get you into a game that you really want to work on. But I'll argue that. Yeah, <laughs> Roy might have. Roy has some stories. Um, <laughs> I'm, we're making him laugh. Okay, good. Um, anyhow, but also like uh, um, programming three is all about graphics um, programming. And mm-hmm. um, it, hey, if what if you don't really have any passion for for graphics? Well, that's where fourth semester is. That this you know, venture track is actually really cool. 
because um, just this cohort, uh, Paul has started to teach programming for. Yeah. Um, and we got a choice of what topics that he was going to cover. So he picked three topics and spent five weeks on each topic. So really getting into things that weren't really taught through the first three semesters yeah. and, and things that are very relevant to games like pathfinding, mm-hmm. um, physics. Um, we're going to be covering data structures, so like scene graphs and things, very game-related um, data structures. Um, and then also working on a personal programming project, um, which is something where you can actually pick what you want to work on and really go go at it. And it's the same way with the, the venture track itself. It's like you can, if you want to go work with your friends now on something, you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> where you can't do that in RPP, you can't do that in Capstone. And, you know, you get to choose what you do. I think that's the awesome thing about it. Um, so I I personally think it's great. Yeah. Awesome. What do you guys think? One thing about Venture Track, which is both a blessing and a curse, is the fact that, especially for producers, there are no additional classes outside of the Venture um, Track class. Hmm. So it's unbelievably open-ended. So and from a from the positive perspective i've gotten a chance to to just absolutely dive into the pins and needles of jira which to me is exciting maybe not to everybody else but yeah i think roy's uh, yawning <laughs> over there but the point is like, you get a chance to, to look through stuff that you maybe not maybe not have had time to uh, but from the other side of it it's incredibly unstructured too um, and i know some people may crave more structure may crave another class uh, especially from designers and producers not from uh, Maybe the other tracks, but we could use another chance to to learn some more stuff. There's a lot of stuff to learn, yeah. Um, and so it's nice to to learn on your own. But you know, one thing you won't get um, other than learning from the people around you is you won't you won't have as direct access, I would say, to the the faculty as much because they're mm. more focused on the next core, which yeah. they should mm. be. But the cool thing is, on Venture Track, you get to focus on your own projects with another team. And so one thing that we did on Capstone is we published um, Junkers to the App Store. And that's something that I'm looking forward to doing with Skybridge Studios, which is the uh, games company that we're actually forming right now, which is oh. super exciting. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the day that we get to, that we get the green light from Apple, and it's because that was one of the best days of my life. Getting that email, oh, it was so exciting. Yeah, and I'm sure. looking forward to, to hearing it again because um, it will be published. Game developers, yeah, so that'll be exciting. You're like, hey, my resume, download this app. <laughs> what, anything to say? Um, I mean, I'm. They're, they're on the same project. Uh, so it's it's different. Uh, as an artist, you know, all throughout j- just the entire ca- uh, Capstone and RPP experience, you know, you're constantly being asked for assets. And in Venture Track, like, you really have to take a step back and kind of figure out what kind of artist you want to be and, like, what, you know, how you are presenting yourself. Mm-hmm. And Venture Track gives, like, this really good time period to just hone your portfolio uh, and we have art for where where they make us because let let's be honest sometimes artists if given the chance we will we'll just kind of we'll sit there and be like oh it's nice just not doing anything and so they they give us a little nudge but um <laughs> we uh we we create like this this art house um which you know it's much like the Skybird series you know we're really trying to form and become uh, a company of ourselves to you know, contract out to some of the local studios, cool. uh, see if we can find any, you know, um, contract work really anywhere. Um, but Ben's been super helpful. You know, like he, he's getting us in contact with people at EA, people at Iron Galaxy, um, and space. Uh, and you know, it's, it's just been, it, it's been interesting going through those sort of steps. Um, what, what, what we, well, what I think is really interesting is Ben's been really excited for what we've been doing. So, you know, we're going to see just how far we can take the art house. Because mm-hmm. like, ideally, what, what we want is for every artist to get a job. And so, obviously, at that point, you know, people would, you know, fan out and be like, okay, well, there's no one. But we want, you know, it to really function as like a halfway house for artists, yeah. you know, alumni, you know, that if they're like, well, I'm not doing anything, but I'm still local to Orlando. And it's like, hey, you know, you know, contact us, you know, we'll put your stuff on the site or, you know, We'll we'll heavily focus on remote work for you if you're you're out of state, and you know just trying to to pay it forward you know as much as we can for everyone involved. 
That's awesome. That's cool. I hadn't heard about that. We're low key. <laughs> um, so where were we at? Where were we at? Okay. Uh, so I guess that's kind of a, a, a half answer to the next question, which is, uh, do you feel like you're a part of the gaming industry? Uh, and, uh, do you feel like your skills and abilities after, uh, surpassing the fire challenge, I guess is how they put it, uh, are adequate. So, I mean, we're, we're, like I said, we're forming a studio. Yeah, so, so we're, we're yeah, talking yeah. like this is, I mean, That's granted, said, kind of led into the other one. Yeah, but. sure. But the the excitement of being part of, like, actually making your own company, it is actually really exciting. Tomorrow yeah. um, and Sunday, we're going to be at Orlando X and um, we're going to be showcasing one of our first prototypes, which is, again, thrilling. Mm-hmm. Um, looking forward to seeing what people have to say. And um, we have another, we have actually have a paper prototype. We, al- we also have a Facebook page, by the way. You should look it up. Uh, and a website. Yeah. I have to do the shameless plug. Yeah, this is the um, shameless plug episode. What can I say? Round two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just, yeah, we do feel like we're in the industry because of the fact that, like, we're actually going through the early struggles of trying to form a company. Now, granted, because we're in Fire Ventures, we have some nice protection where we don't have to pay for office office space. That is super. That is super cool, by the for way. Up to two years. Up to two years. Ooh. Uh, so, if you're looking to form a company uh, in the fourth semester at Fire, this there, like there really isn't a better opportunity. Like this mm-hmm. is like this is your best opportunity to do so. Uh, so we're getting the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Awesome. Anyone else want to add to that or? Um, uh, it's it's sort of a mixed bag. Um, I. You know, after creating a capstone game, you know, and you know, doing all that, it's. I feel like I've definitely gotten my feet wet. Mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously mm-hmm. without AAA experience or you know anything that you you they look for on their you know job overview, it's like five years experience. Well, I don't have that, so it's it's hard you know getting, like diving in. But I'll say to uh, surpassing the FIA challenge, I came in the FIA with one goal. It was to. Uh, be as good as Plushy Knight, which, you know, um, they, they made a fantastic game, and everyone's always like, oh, the animation in the story. And, you know, I I feel like I surpassed my own challenge because Life Unfolds is pretty good, and I did 300 animations. <laughs> <laughs> that's Sorry. a lot. That's that's for Rebecca kind and of Tim. A lot. <laughs> I got to drop that in. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, it's the, the, the challenge is what you make it for yourself. Yeah. Well, and that's the the beauty of it, right? Is uh, you get what you put in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't have much to add here. Um, so, I I feel like I can just go off and and get a job in the industry without too much hassle. Um, yeah. And you know, I feel like being part of Skyverse Studios, we are we're we're actually going through and actually developing Doing a game and, yeah. and thinking about things like monetization and things like that so we've got the business side actually coming in here so yeah, yeah i think i think we're well there. i mean like uh, once like all the paperwork's filed and everything i mean you technically are in the industry so yeah. <laughs> as far as that goes um and then uh just kind of kind of going into i guess the next question which is uh what what do you guys think of the five community i know we had the uh the 10 year anniversary thing and that was kind of really cool, like to be. Uh, I'm, I, I'm, I talked to you about. It and you said you, most people don't get this, <laughs> uh, but like to be able to, you know, have like a get together and have these people from all diff- different cohorts. So I mean, what like 10, 11 years of cohorts? Well, ten. Exactly ten. Exactly ten. But uh, I thought that was pretty neat. But what do you, what are you guys thinking of the community and how it's growing? And then uh, do you have uh, did you did you or do you now have any experience with the fire community out, outside of like your cohort? So I'll say go to GDC. Like yeah, um, yes. there, There's a fantastic you know alumni get together and it. Fire knows it's a networking event, so all the alumni that come there like they want you to talk to them. Like yeah. they, they wouldn't be there if that wasn't the case. Like they could easily all be like, oh yeah, you know, I can just meet up with my friends anyway um, from you know the cohorts that they graduated from. But it's a great, great experience. You meet so many great people, um, and like I, I met just, just like the right people when I was there. Cause I, I was, I, I kind of hid to the corner and you know sat at the bar, and I was like, oh, you know, it, it was really weird. Cause I was <laughs> like, th- there's a lot of people, and producers were producing, and you know, it's a good I, skill. Like they do. Producing like they is do. a good skill. <laughs> I, I will say that. I wish I, I had more of that. But um, 
you know, you, you just get in contact with, you know, the people that were in the same shoes that you're in now. And yeah. it's really, it's really cool to see where they are now, what, and knowing just the same steps that they went through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, my best friend is from cohort 10. So yeah. I know some cohort 10 folks. Um, it, it, I think it's, it's really awesome. The, the community it's, um, we all have this shared experience now. We've all yeah. been through the trenches. The gauntlet. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and really, you know, it, it's kind of surprising. Like, I, I never really, like, with undergrad, there, there, I never really felt the whole camaraderie, I guess, that I, I kind of feel with, with Phi. Like, you know, it, it, people who graduate from, you know, I went to, to Rollins. You know, it's not like, oh, you went to Rollins. I, I'm gonna kind of look, be looking out for you, you know. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm gonna get you a job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where like Faya feels very different. It's very much like, hey, we're all, you know, trying to improve each other and to get, you know, hopefully get jobs for each yeah. for one. Well, and so. improve the industry altogether. Yeah. Which is really, it's it's I've I definitely I mean I've already felt that like just talking with with you and then and then Justin when he was he, here as well. Uh, so I'm I'm super excited to go to GDC. Hands down, gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's What's absolutely cool is just the fact that you you make these connections that you don't expect, right? You don't think that you're gonna be like you know good friends with someone from Core Four, right? Yeah. But but you can. It, yeah. it, that's the kind of community this is. People at FIA know what you've gone through, and the cool thing is. For some reason, a lot of us, like, when we go through the gauntlet, you're always wondering, wondering to know, like, what is the next group going to do? Like, yeah. for us, Core 11, the reason why we're yeah. so yeah, excited yeah, right now, like, we're RPGs. sitting here in this room. Every single one of your RPPs. Yes, and because we, you know, can, and, and can internally all... critique them or laugh audibly. <laughs> as, as, because we've, we've learned. I'm sure we need, mistake. <laughs> we need more pressure. Absolutely. <laughs> having last year's cohort sit in and watch as well. Because I definitely feel like there's that extra, like, like that, that tinge of, Oh, I, I really got to, you know, present this right, you know, kind of thing because of that as well. But I mean, that's the same thing. You know, we we were where you guys, you know, yeah. are, are yeah. now. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's what you make of it. It's, yeah. And we genuinely want you to succeed, too. Yes. Like, there's a reason yeah. why we're like, hey, you guys want some advice, even if it's unsolicited? Yes. I, know, I know I'm particularly guilty of that. I recommend you fix this. Yeah, you should probably change this. And it's not because, you know, we think we know better. It's just because we've learned some of the same mistakes. And while it's probably good that you all make some of them, um, it's yeah, also yes. helpful. Some mistakes aren't necessarily worth making, um, especially like burning bridges. That's, that's, a, that's a mistake you don't want to make. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's just... We're all, I think, as at FIA, when we go through this program, we are invested in what the next community has, like what the next year is going to be, what mm-hmm. the next cohort is going to do. Mm-hmm. We're all excited to see if you can beat Life Unfolds. Yeah. You know, can you beat Plushy Night? Can you beat Junkers? That's yeah. Really it's like a, a little a little family, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I like that. Uh, and then the final question, silliest of all, uh, cats or dogs? Cats. Dogs. Cats. So two cats How from Cohort you? 11. You were holding Zora the other day. You wouldn't oh, let me oh. hold him. She's the size of a cat. <laughs> yeah, touche. Oh, my gosh. But Zora's so adorable. And she, what, what is Zora? She peed on me. Oh. But I still love her. <laughs> <laughs> now, was that a cat or a dog? So that was Roy. Dog Roy was a cat. Okay, cool. I'm a cat. Roy was a cat. Dogs. Uh, Eric a was a There's a very um, special corgi Yeah, I grew up as a cat person. Yeah. Okay, that's, yeah. that's fair. And then when we got one dog. Dog well, I mean. Away. Yeah, so so uh, we that'll be maybe that'll be a recurring question on on the episode. <laughs> cats or dogs? Uh, so on that note, we're gonna roll out. Thanks for coming on, guys. Um, it was fun. It's cool to to hear a little bit as as Ron referred to it as I was passing him in the hallway a little bit of a blast from the past, <laughs> like a year ago, um, or actually currently because you're currently still living it now. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, again, thanks for coming on, and uh, thanks for having us out. We yes. we oh, if you want to submit questions, please submit questions. Everyone should submit questions. <laughs> <laughs> lots dear, and lots of questions. Dear, I know we have a lot of questions this episode, but normally we do not. Do not um, be afraid to put your name. Yeah, dude. I mean, do not be afraid to put your name unless you're asking something super incriminating. <laughs> Let's get some more producer questions too. I know a lot of the, I know a lot of the core twelveers maybe maybe haven't figured out yet if they want to be producers, but if they're thinking about it, you should start asking <laughs> questions. Um, but uh 
Yeah, and if you want to send those questions to fiapodcast at gmail.com or, I mean, uh, if you have any suggestions for the show in general for maybe even a segment, uh, shoot it on over. Again, that's F-I-E-A podcast at gmail.com. Uh, check it out, and uh, thanks again for coming on, guys. Thank you. Indeed. Lifeinfoldsgam.com. <laughs> Skyver Studios. <laughs> Dot com. <laughs> the unofficial Fire Podcast. The unofficial Fire Podcast. Thank you.